0: It's August 11th, 2011. This is 508, a show about Worcester. This is Brendan Malekin, this is Cook's Pond, and this is Michael Benedetti. How are you doing, Brendan? Excellent. Yourself? I'm not doing too bad. Today on the show, we're going to talk about voting. Today on the show, we're going to talk about uh, ubiquitous surveillance of, of Worcester. It's going to happen, people. Get ready. It's going to be like, I don't know, what movie is going to be like? Is there are there any, are there any dystopian any movie movies about? Any movie filmed that? in London? <laughs> any movie filmed in London? What am I thinking of that I feel like uh, 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 Minority Report? Minority
1: Report? That was the pre-crime movie.
0: That's what I want to say. Just Minority focus Report in on
1: 1984, though, right? I mean, that's always a,
0: a. I guess so. 1984. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about. Uh, oh, we're also gonna talk about spam. But let's talk about voting real quick. Today we're ha- we're talking to David LaBeouf and Kola Kindele. How are you guys doing?
2: Good. We're
0: good and we're talking about the initiative the initiative for engaged citizenship what is the initiative for engaged citizenship
2: and the initiative for engaged citizenship is an organization that seeks to uh increase civic engagement and uh sort of uh, uh voter participation okay uh, in local politics okay yeah. so we're going to be really involved um in this year's uh, local elections in terms of uh um, organizing debates, organizing uh, candidate forums, and uh, get out the vote efforts. Okay. Uh, I could have uh, David buff our executive director, give more details as to what the organization is planning to do this year as well. Right. Definitely. So,
3: um, one thing about the initiative is that we are a nonpartisan okay. um, organization. We are a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. In addition to our get out the vote activities, we do run education seminars in the spring that mostly focus on how to get involved in local government, how to advocate for your community, you know, different youth group um, collaborations and okay. things like that. So for this election, kind of the unique thing that we're doing is we're trying to coordinate and consolidate a lot of the efforts around the city that are community-based. So for example, our forums, which are gonna be in October, we have currently 10 organizational sponsors, and we're, we're estimated to get about 20 by the end of the month. And these, are gonna, these are like
0: candidate forums?
3: Yeah. Okay. And so with these forums, essentially all of the community groups that are co-sponsoring with us get to submit a certain amount of questions. Okay. And basically it's a way to get more turnout, more individuals involved, and basically get questions that real communities groups have to ask. The other thing is we're going to be doing a questionnaire this year, and this questionnaire, a lot of people remember the questionnaire I was involved with that had 86 questions <laughs> at a lot of the candidates, including, <laughs> including uh, Cola over here. We were very upset with that. Did anyone involved. fill out an 86 They, they, they was... did, actually, and we got, surprisingly, we had 600 individuals hit up our website and look at those questionnaires before okay. election day. So we know we did have an impact, <clears> even though <throat> we were kind of, you know, we were a little bit mean to the candidates with mm-hmm. that. But this questionnaire, to make it up, is going to require no writing at all. It's all going to be either or, yes, no, or on a scale of one to five questions. So how,
0: are you, how are you assembling that? Because we, we, we assembled an eight-question questionnaire for this show. Ten questions including non, non-political questions. I feel like eight questions is like a lot of questions right there. How are you guys going to sift through and decide what, what questions are the questions?
3: So essentially what we do is our debate sponsors, mm-hmm. they're going to submit to us a set of questions that they really want to ask. And they have to be in the appropriate format okay. that you know requires just the checking off or whatever we're going to take those questions together and we're going to have some outside facilitators look through them and basically eliminate duplicates or combine them that are very similar. Okay. We expect a lot of our groups that are concerned about affordable housing might have identical questions, you know, yeah, same or with similar groups of about health, things yeah. like that. And so essentially, it'll basically be a comprehensive list divided into three different sections about schools, the economy, and just neighborhoods in general.
0: Okay. And so you guys are doing candidate forums you guys are doing candidate questionnaires and you guys are also are you guys doing like voter registration
3: kind of stuff yeah we do voter registration at um, different festivals Um, we're actually going to be at the um out at the common on the twenty fifth, when they're having that major um, that movie that's playing Spaceballs. Okay. And so we're going to be registering <laughs> voters. Um, a
0: very civically en- a civically <laughs> engaging movie, yes. right?
3: Yeah. So we're gonna you know register people there. Okay. Um, we also are going to actually be doing like a campaign. We mm. are working with different groups. With um, we have a group from Worcester State that's going to be taking over a precinct and basically knocking on doors, you know, registering people to vote and giving them information about the candidates. That's all nonpartisan, includes everybody. Has their responses to our questionnaire and is reminding you about the election day. What, so are what precinct are they going to do? We haven't determined that yet. Mm-hmm. So we're. If you want to talk. No, about
2: no, that, we, right. we haven't determined that yet. Um, we're also going to be having yard signs as well, yeah. campaign signs. So exactly like campaigns. Yeah. So These
3: are those signs here. We can those, are, those are going to be on the road, actually. Um, that's from the Election okay. Commission, so we've partnered um, with the City of Whistler's Election Commission to help distribute these um, closer to the primary and closer okay. to the regular date. But we're going to be getting our own one um, signs, too, with some more poignant
2: messages. Okay.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so you are saying, but you, so you haven't decided what precinct is the precinct to go for. We, ha-
2: we haven't decided what precinct, yet. Is well, it going to
0: be like the low turnout precincts? Yes, yeah,
2: exactly thing? what I was going to So we're, sure. we're going to be concentrating, because, uh, I mean, our mission is to sort of increase turnout in those sort of... Disadvantage or low turnout areas. Yeah. So um, we are going to be focusing more in those areas. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I wanted to, so I want to ask you guys a, a couple of things. There may be more things. You could, are you. Is there other major stuff that we need to talk about that you guys are doing?
3: We are going to be doing a media campaign also um, later on. It's essentially going to be. It's called Rethink Voting, Rethink Worcester. Okay. And it's going to be a kind of you know print, um, radio, um, YouTube, Facebook, okay. all that stuff. That's basically going to have different residents in the city talking about their reasons behind voting and why people should go out to vote and really showcase, you know, that what a voter looks like and that essentially we have a lot of diversity in the city and we have a lot of diverse issues that we need to be talking about. Okay.
0: Now this show that you're on right now, we're sort of infamous for occasionally telling people not to vote, or at least I'm infamous for this and usually the other people on the show get super mad at me and yell at me that I'm a bad person for this. And the reason that I sometimes think that I have trouble motivating my Motivating myself to vote in local politics, and other people I think definitely do, is that it's it's challenging, it's more challenging to vote in a local election than in other elections. For one thing, it's nonpartisan, so it's not like, so if you say, like, do I want to vote for this guy or this guy, I never heard of either of them. Let's say they're running for judge or something, but if one of them's a Republican and one of them's a Democrat, I can say, oh, I identify more with one of these so i just sort of do a party line vote whereas the local elections are not partisan right city council you have no idea what the political background of the people are based just on the ballot and the second thing is that difficulty in figuring out like what are the local issues what is the local like what is the impact of voting for any of these guys like, who are these guys really that there's a like national issues especially there's a huge amount of press attention there's a huge amount of people who are sort of putting a lot of information out there and especially sort of digesting the information for you so even if you don't read up on an issue like I don't know raising the debt ceiling in a lot of detail, there's certainly people out there who are throwing lots of sound bites at you about raising the debt ceiling, right? So you could even if you don't follow the news very carefully, you can have some sort of poorly sourced but strongly held opinion about the debt ceiling, where something like City Square doesn't have that, or something like
3: I don't know even what the other issues are, local issues are that people care about don't have that. You know what I'm saying? I would say, well, first of all, regarding the candidates, there's always going to be a difference between candidates. I mean, if there wasn't going to be, they wouldn't be running. And I'm sure, you know, Cole, from his experience Mm -hmm. in the campaign trail, can tell that depending on the way individuals vote, there's stark differences and they have stark priorities. I mean, basically huge different priorities. And that's something that we want to have the information so that when voters look at it, they're able to make a decision, you know, based on what their own interests are and what their own values are. Also, I mean, just look at your street, look at your sidewalk, look outside. I mean, we've heard discussions about pools, health departments, affordable housing, schools especially. That's a huge hot um, button debate. Um, Even just, you know, whether or not a community or a neighborhood feels like they're getting attention and having their voice heard. Those are all issues that, you know, really, they may not be at the top of the media's radar. But there is a lot of conversations going around, especially with working with community yeah. groups. We are hearing those diverse. I, I also
2: think I mean the issues are not as abstract, you know, when you do, when you're dealing with the local issues. So these are issues that sort of affect you daily and personally. You know, take a, a residential real estate taxes mm-hmm. that affects you personally. Right. So so it, it it may not be about the candidate or about the party, but it, it could be you have that luxury that it could be just about that issue. Yeah. You know, so you can vote on the candidate based on it, whether or not he's for. Um, the lowest residential tax rate or whether or not it's for uh, keeping the pool uh, around the corner so you have right. that luxury so you should have you should be more passionate about that particular issue and therefore be more passionate about that particular candidate. Because it affects, you know, your, life so because it affects your, your life so much more directly. It affects
0: your life so much more directly. That's a good point. The other thing I want to ask you guys, well so anyway I should also just say by way of like maybe try to bridge that gap a little bit that this year in our, on our show we're really drilling down on issues and really trying to talk to candidates and I am actually going to vote and advocate that people vote this year. <laughs> <That's good>. um, <laughs> and just making sure that I'm, uh, that I'm educated as well, well enough to feel like I can make a vote and really feel like my vote is coming from somewhere real. And hopefully other people are being educated also by watching the show. I want to ask you about the uh, inactive voter list. I read these articles about the inactive voter list. What can you say? But I get confused about
3: this. Right. What can you we've tell had, me? We've had, there's been so much discussion about the inactive voter list, and essentially, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, so first of all, an inactive voter, all that means is that the individual did not fill out the city street listing right. um, that occurred, um, I believe, in the winter. This is they
0: get they, you, you get this mailed mm-hmm. yeah, to Yeah, you. you
3: get this mailed to your house. And so... So that doesn't mean that they haven't voted before, and that doesn't mean that they're going to vote. They're not going to vote. That just simply means that they failed to fill out a particular street listing document. And so what an inactive voter, what that means, you're not deleted on the rolls. You are still on the voting rolls. And essentially, when you go to vote, you have two options. You can immediately show some proof of residency, which can be a bill, um, any government um, document, a letter from your landlord, a lease or potentially an ID, and that will basically put you on the active list. Okay, if so you, you
0: go like so you go down to city hall, you go to whatever floor, and you say to them, "I'm still a voter."
3: That would be, that would only this would only be on election day. Oh, on election day, yep, you, you
0: go did. up to the person at the desk and you say, "You yep. have me as living in this place, but I actually
3: live here, and here's my ID." So no, that would be. No, so that that no. So <laughs> essentially, if you want it before election day, it, well, you can. So go... So let me get
0: because I am I am right. an in I am on I I have moved since the last election mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. time I voted. I know I'm on the I mm-hmm. know that I did not get this piece
3: yeah. of thing in the mail because I moved. So what you can do now, yes. if you aren't sure about your your status, yes. you can go to the city's website okay. and there's on the front page you can check to see if you're an active or an inactive. This voter. is you
0: type in your name and your birthday. Yep,
3: yeah. and it says where you were last registered. Right. And then what we tell people is, when in doubt fill it out okay re-register yourself to vote okay essentially that will automatically put you on the active list and you re-register yourself and you re-register like at, at city hall or like yeah you can come down to our office over here we have okay. voter registration cards where, where is your office we're at 74 providence street okay. right at oak hill cdc um different our community partners all have voter registration mm-hmm. cards and we're still distributing those or you can go down to city hall and register right over the counter okay Okay. And you'll get a confirmation. So that's, if you, that's before the election, and you have 20 days before the election to register to vote okay. um, to participate in that particular race. On election day, if you go to the polls and you're, you're listed as an inactive voter, that's when you can do two things. One, you can show proof of residency, which, by the way, proof of residency is not an ID. There's a lot of confusion about the term ID and especially with a lot of the hysteria across the country about voter ID laws. Yeah. ID and proof of residency completely separate. You can use your photo ID as a proof of residency, but you don't have to have an ID to do that. So then you would get activated right away. So
0: so you're saying this is somebody who's previously registered or never registered?
3: Previously registered.
0: If you previously registered, but you didn't send back the city's form on election day, you can show the person at the polls some ID or some
3: proof of residency in, in general, and they'll say, great. And then they'll, you fill out the paperwork, and you're back on the active list. And correct me if
2: oh. I'm wrong, you could use um, uh, a utility bill right. or a lease or something like, yeah. like that. Oh. Yeah. exactly. Yeah.
3: The other thing is if, say, you go to the polls, you're on the inactive list, and you don't have a proof of residency on you, you still can cast your ballot, and it still will be counted. It's not a provisional ballot. It's an actual ballot that goes through the machine and gets counted. Okay. The only thing is that it's considered a challenge, which means you have to write your name and your address on that ballot. And in the event of a recount, that could get pulled out. And if it's found out that you don't live at that address anymore, it can get discarded. Huh. So wow. You can't. So there's a lot of confusion about inactive voters are going to be barred from the polls. That inactive voters aren't aren't people who actually vote. Complete misconception. And you're not deleted from the voting rolls. You are still on.
0: So those lists. if you're an inactive voter, you can write your name on the ballot, on this whatever the place is. But that, yeah. that, 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 yeah. you, you, sp- you have to be registered. Yes, you have okay. to be registered. As right. a separate thing. Yeah. Okay.
3: Wow. Yeah. So there's, that's why. There's been a, we, had, and we had a meeting with the city clerk's office. There's about 25 individuals from about 10 different organizations who are part of our coalition and who also do their own voter outreach who came in and really had a heart-to-heart with the city clerk. Mass vote was there to explain the state law implications about this so we could really understand what was going on and really understand what to tell people when we're conducting this outreach. It sounds. It just seems sort of crazy. It, and It is, and it's the state law is a real antiquated law when, prior when you had to have property to vote. Mm-hmm. And so that's, we're the only um, state in the union that has this type of law connecting the annual street listing to your voter activity status, and essentially, you know, there are efforts at the State House right now to try to get rid of this law to make it essentially easier and eliminate the confusion, have you change your address at one location, either at the registry, or the post office, and everything, including your voter registration status, would get automatically updated on one uniform system. So that's something that long-term is going on in the House and we're mm-hmm. probably going to be discussing, you know, later on.
0: Good deal. Thanks for explaining that to me. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of mysterious. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Good luck with the uh, we have Cola and David getting out the vote, getting people registered. All right, and uh, I want to have, have. you heard about the Worcester spammers summit that's coming up? No. I got it. I don't think I actually I saw this on Facebook, not, not via email. Mm-hmm. Ironically, ironically enough, that uh, uh, Mayor Joe O'Brien and our state Rep John Mahoney are having a, a, a public event August 12th at es- Express Yourself. Two politicians who, unfortunately, are, I, to me at least, known primarily for sending their constituents unwanted email, despite repeated pleas, to stop. And so they're going to get together. They're going to talk about, you know, I don't Technology. know. Technology.
1: Spam communications?
0: They're presumably going to tell people stuff they don't want Why to hear. Why don't you go
1: to this event and ask them publicly <laughs> if they would mind
0: taking you off their list? I, you know what I would like to see happen? I, mean, I would like to see both these guys have some accomplishments so that they can have a better nickname than Spam and Joe O'Brien and Spam and John Mahoney. Just like I would like to see Marty Lamb step up and do something different so we don't have to keep calling him Barf Bag Marty Lamb week after week. You know, like, that's, it's just about it's just about a legislative accomplishment. And, it's about, you and they know, can for,
1: tell you about those accomplishments via email.
0: with their free email newsletter. Um, Oh, and voting-wise, there's one more thing.
3: So what was the seminar? All right, so um, we essentially conduct seminars every spring, and so we did one um, recently where we had about 20 people, and out of that project um, actually came the Friends of Green Island Neighborhood Association um, down in Pernay. And so essentially what we do is we have different public officials and civic leaders come in talk about their campaign efforts you know what they've done in government and also kind of answer questions about how does government work what's a local issue what's a state issue what's a federal issue and we have you know basically a lot of grassroots organizations come in and talk about how they first got started how to organize your community and hopefully help many of the individuals that came to our seminar start their own projects and that's kind of one of the efforts we want to do is help Empower people and empower communities. to Essentially, you know, do whatever they choose, and to you know, essentially become more engaged in the city. Cool, Brandon. I
0: wanted to ask you about uh, uh, cameras. All right. I want to. I want to ask you about two right of two, two of our favorite two of our favorite subjects on the show: surveillance and prostitution. Excellent. Come together this week.
1: But well, we never get to actually combine them. Unfortunately, they always <laughs> manage to stay separate yet together. Um, yeah. Oh, so the city council is talking cameras again. It seems primarily at the uh, managers urging this time. If I'm not mistaken, the last time this came up was while Connie Luke's was mayor.
0: This and was about four years ago, and the proposal is that we, we need to have some video cameras
1: at uh, traffic uh, signals, uh, red light cameras. Th- th- these are really just going to be red light cameras, and okay. it, the idea to, to catch people running red lights or uh, driving dangerously at intersections. And send
0: them some send them some tickets in the mail, Get basically. Them some tickets
1: in the mail. The whole idea, apparently, being that <coughs> we need fewer police officers if uh, we can take people automatically with uh, technology. This is
0: weird. To me this is weird. To me this is that's that the police the police officers are kinda of like the checkers at the supermarket. That really what you need is a bunch of automatic checkout things and like mm-hmm. one checker to kind of supervise the thing. That somehow the police What's weird it's weird on a number of levels, right? Are there I any mean... police who spend most of their time looking at Intersections, trying to catch people yeah, I, running red lights. I can
1: imagine there's better things to do. I'm sure even most police officers, would uh, rank and file, would probably agree they've got a better use of their time than sure know, reviewing video footage of people <laughs> while driving through standard construction sites. Um, the the thing that is weird though, regardless of what your opinion on you know uh, red light cameras is, and it seems everybody does have an opinion on them. Mm-hmm. Is, this isn't something new, right? The Worcester isn't being revolutionary here. You can go back sixteen years and see that Hartford tried this and uh-huh. viewed it as an abject failure, right? I mean, they, they saw a failure an, in terms of well, what, what most communities see is that it <laughs> seems that it, you have an increase in uh, rear-end accidents. Uh, so you might c- cure the T-bone accidents that cause uh, happen often when people run a red light, but you tend to increase the uh, rear-end accidents when people are slamming on their brakes when they see a light change because oh. they don't want to get a twenty or thirty dollar fine, right? Um, so you replace one form of accident with the other, which of course then has a premium. That's bizarre. It's well very interesting. And a lot of that seems to be the byproduct of uh, timing of lights, okay. um, which you know you, we often in communities that have these cameras, you see the yellow light shortened.
0: Ah, because the city has a strong incentive in this situation, right, or whoever whoever's doing whatever, they have a strong incentive. It's like, hey, we could make like hundreds of thousands of dollars a year right, because, because the city of second isn't off. actually the primary
1: recipient of funding here. I mean, the, the the organization who puts up the cameras for free ends up taking a, a significant amount of revenue. Oh, really? They
0: manage the whole thing.
1: That's typically how it runs. I okay. Mean, it, you wouldn't want the city to take on another technology project, right? I mean, that's, I'm about, uh, you know, t- making t- <laughs> making money online for the city, right? I mean, right. we don't need the city to get involved in more technology. Typically, these are managed by an outside party. Okay. Uh, and the revenue comes in, and it's a split. Um, sure. But so yeah, the city has an, it has an incentive or the companies involved have an incentive to see that revenue go up because they're splitting it and right. they want to see more of it. And it appears like free cash. That also brings in some other problems where you've now got a few states, Louisiana, I believe Louisiana and California, state Supreme Court saying that the citations aren't even enforceable, which is just huh. silly. and it's similar to the idea that you know you don't have a human being actually involved with issuing the citation and you're issuing the citation to a car not to a, um, a driver. Uh, for a moving violation, right? Because
0: you're not positively identifying the driver, just the plate. Right. The because car.
1: you're you're trying to cite them for a moving. It's my understanding in California, at least, it was because the the, the citation is supposed to be for a moving violation, but you're you can't assign a moving violation. So there's
0: some car. sort of there's some legal loopholes possibly, there or are, some le- some legal issues around this.
1: And it seems as though people who are proponents of cameras and people who are proponents of companies who sell cameras really love these things, and and people who are you know bureaucrats who love the idea of of a revenue stream that's pretty hands off. Right. People who actually drive and live in cities and, you know, interact with intersections, don't seem to like them that much.
0: I just don't like it because I really do, I really do view this as like a creepy civil liberties threat. I would rather live in a city with slightly more crime and slightly more civil liberties than slightly less crime and slightly less civil liberties, at least at the level of crime and civil liberties we have now. One of the things that I thought was interesting at at Tuesday's city council meeting while
1: this was being discussed, it was both uh, Councillor Kate Toomey and um, Connie Lukes, uh, both mentioned that you know, the terrible drivers or the, the aggressive, horrible driving in Worcester. And I think they really miss the point as if they, they seem to be describing drivers who are like angry and aggressive and out to hurt people when in reality, I mean, I think what is Worcester is just a terrible place to drive. Like, it is. If, if you're someone like Connie Lukes or Kate Toomey or myself who grew up driving in the city, it, you can do it backwards with a paper sack over your head and you're still going to know where all the turns are. If you just moved here or you're just passing through... This is probably one of the single most miserable places on the planet to drive. There's, none of the roads make any sense. You know, the signage isn't always the easiest to work out. And it's mm-hmm. like any old city. You're not dealing with, you know, linear grid-like layouts. So, I mean, it's not a fun place to drive, just like Boston isn't a fun place and to drive. And you're
0: distracted by the by the beautiful prostitutes. You're distracted by the beautiful <laughs> prostitutes, yeah. So what is this prostitution thing about?
1: What, the, what is this prostitution thing? So Billy Bro is
0: involved, right? Always. <laughs> Good job. But
1: he means well for his neighborhood. Right. Um, yeah. So the the city. It looks as though we're going to explore the idea of asset forfeiture for prostitution. So do if you so this
0: is like this thing where like if you're dealing drugs out of a car, mm-hmm. they'll like take your car. Well, the, the because, laws right? on asset forfeiture for
1: drugs are a little bit different because oh, those okay. don't require a, a, a um, conviction. They just need to, to be able to prove that somehow your assets were involved with drug dealing. It doesn't okay. even need to be through a court process. It can just be <clears> an assumption or, or a reasonable belief, and your your assets can be seized. Right. In this case, it's going to be if you use a car to to solicit sex from a a streetwalker, your car will be subject to uh, to seizure.
0: They'll take your car.
1: They'll take your car. So for for a the idea
0: is that it's friendlier if we have people soliciting prostitutes in the parks. Then uh, out of the car, which bicycles? is kind of, which or is causing traffic problems.
1: This is why. Is, it, will they seize your bike? The smart prostitutes <laughs> are going to start teaming up with pedicab drivers, and they're going to do this on the road. <laughs> this is, no, it, but this is the thing that, you know, you got to figure the the, the the cost of benefit, right? I mean, so for for a $20, you know, uh, sex uh, act. <laughs> I mean, TV here. Thank right? you for making me not have to edit yeah. anymore. Um, you know, your Lexus gets impounded, right? I mean, that's. <clears throat> There's, you, you got to look at like what you're doing and try and figure out, like, is that, this... Is, that seems
0: very strange. Because is I,
1: the punishment actually in any way, shape, or form equal to the crime? And is what you're trying to com-
0: combat even a crime to
1: begin <laughs> with? <you're>
0: bu- <laughs> let me ask you this. If you're buying drugs out of a car, mm-hmm. will they take your car? It depends. It, because it's... I can asset understand...
1: Asset is for, for drugs is typically something you see on a very high level. Like, you know, if, you, if you're driving around <laughs> with a suitcase full of cash in your
0: trunk, you're probably
1: not going to get that suitcase full of cash back because it's an I easy thing I guess what I'm to, saying
0: is I can kind of see the idea to say, you know what, like if drug deal, you know, like if you're using this car as part of a criminal enterprise, mm-hmm. we're going to take that piece of the criminal right. enterprise away from you. Like you're, you know, we're going to dismantle your business by just taking the pieces of the business mm-hmm. from you. I don't, like if you're soliciting prostitutes, you're actually, I mean, you're the customer.
1: But again, you're, we're talking about a city that's curing homelessness, right? I mean, right. I, I, I think people are actually trying to, I think this is in one way, like a genuine attempt at creative thinking that it is creative. These it's are, just these such are definitely an awful mus- form of creative thought. That's like creative in the same way that like napalm was creative at when it was first thought up, right? Like just a, a miserable thing that the world probably <laughs> could have done without. But I mean, it's some really creative stuff. I mean, fire that sticks to people. That's genius, right? I mean, yeah. it's kind of the same thing. It's, a, it's just a terrible, terrible idea. It's definitely out of the box. And I think that's what the managers is always looking for, thinking outside of the box. So we, we tackled that one. But again, I mean, you know, the, the, and, and, it's not to miss a point, right? I mean, there's no doubt that I mean, I, I assume that everybody who lives in Maine South is probably not thrilled with streetwalkers. They're
0: tired of it. This is definitely this is definitely yeah, annoying it, and it no causes doubt problems, at all. and it's but, embarrassing to your kids.
1: You know, there are ways to deal with that. You know, in, in other communities, you know, up until I think it was 2010, you know, Rhode Island had
0: had dealt with it. We've got, we got about a minute left. Yeah, I'm, just, I mean, I'm just guessing what you're going to see is indoors, right? you're, you're going to see a lot of this like rent-a-wreck thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to see a lot what of people who are this. like, I'm <laughs> taking that $100 car out whenever I need to go right. pick up a hooker. Brandon, right, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, and I think we got one more thing about the taxes. Or I'm sorry. I think we got one more thing about the voting. <laughs> Tell me about the kickoff.
2: So on August 17th, we'll be having a kickoff event to do two things. To raise money uh, uh-huh. for our initiatives this fall and then also to sort of talk about some of the initiatives and, it, and go into detail as to what we're going to be doing uh, this fall. Okay. So it will be on August 17th at Viva Bene Restaurant mm-hmm. from uh, 5 to 7 p.m., am I correct? 5.30 to, 7. 530 to 7.30 p.m. Okay. Um, host committee, uh, Linda Parham. Um,
0: she was on this show.
2: Was she on the show? She was on yeah, the show. Yeah, I think I saw her. You know, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Jen Carey. Never, okay. Jen Carey, Jen, Jen Roy. David LaBeouf, myself, Patricia and Patricia Malio. She just walked by. Hi. <laughs> and then uh, the DA, uh, District Attorney Joseph Early, is our featured speaker on that day. Oh, cool. So it should be great. Uh, everyone is invited. Uh-huh. Um, we're asking for donations uh, from $10 to about uh, $100 if you have that. But it's a free event. Mm-hmm. Appetizers uh, will be there for people. And um, feel free to come and uh, join us.
0: And if people care about civic participation, this is for them.
2: This is for them. It's very important. We're going to be detailing all our events uh, for the fall. And then we're going to try to raise a little bit of money, too.
0: Good. Great.